Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the historical lands of the Cowlitz, Multnomah, Peoria, Kickapoy, and other First Nations. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. Thank you for joining us on Your Top Six, a podcast where we look at our most played games, what they say about us, and possibly what they don't always reflect about our playstyle. I am your host, Jerry. I use they, them pronouns. And I'm joined as always by... Jacques Marcotte. I use he, him pronouns. Our guest today, my friend David, has joined us, and I'm really grateful because David is one of the most coherent thinkers about games and how games work that I have had the pleasure of both listening to and reading. David does streams on YouTube, sometimes joined by his husband. And I really enjoy, I always learn something on those streams, so I'm always grateful to be included in them. So, all right. Yeah, David, why don't you, uh, why don't you talk about a little bit about yourself? What do you do kind of for fun? Um, I don't really do anything for fun. It all just gets sort of melded together into a big soup. A big and unenjoyable soup with no <laughs> fun. Yeah, no, like I used to read, but then I was an editor for several years. I, I love video games, but also I like, I don't know, I turn that editor brain on them too much. You should just say ludologist. I tend to prefer that term. I'm not good at explaining it, but yeah, the narratology sounds a lot more about like literature if you're into like structuralism, you know, like word games like Borges. Well, like ludology, the um the root word in Latin, ludus, it doesn't just mean game. A lot of people define it as play, but it also means learning or sport. Basically, the ludus in ancient Rome was any school. Huh. All right. Okay, so but I guess the first question is, how did you get into playing video games? What brought you to gaming? Oh, I, I don't even know. Like I am, like, I am just, like, I am of, like, the exact age where video games have, like, always been part of my life. But when I was a little kid, it was, like, Sonic the Hedgehog and The Legend of Zelda, the old ones. And then when I was, like, a teenager, it was, like... Half-Life and Morrowind, and so I feel like uh, I am simultaneously like I predate a bunch of stuff, but also video games predate me by a lot, so they were just always sort of around. Oh yeah, I definitely have some of those similar early memories of Sonic the Hedgehog on the old, what was that? I played Sonic 2 on uh -huh. the Sega Genesis. I feel like that mm, is the, yeah. the first video game I could ever beat in one sitting. Wow. Man, and the Sega Genesis was such a great console. It's just, it had some of the best games, like Echo. Echo the Dolphin, yeah. Right? I mean, it had, it had Echo. Yeah, it was fantastic. It gets so dark towards the end. I know, right? <laughs> Spoilers out there, kitties, for a 25-year-old game. <laughs> right. Spoilers for those of you who are still roaming your way through uh, emulators <laughs> from yeah. the 1980s like you and 90s. <laughs> a lot of that stuff is great. And a lot of it is terrible. Yeah, absolutely. But both of which can, like, tell you things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of it is both. Mm -hmm. um, David, how about your favorite type of game? What's kind of your go-to for uh, for playing a game? Oh, that's, 
That's honestly, that's really tricky because I feel like it depends on like what I need like intellectually at the time. Like I really, in the past three years, I've probably played about 200 games of the Resident Evil 2 remake. My best time is about two hours and 30 minutes. Wow. Like, so I, I definitely like occasionally I can Damn. really get into like these just sort of like straightforward like challenge games like that but also the games i like spend the most time with are well uh the obvious example that comes to mind is like morrowind uh games that are kind of like infinitely broad somehow Mm. like i definitely see the value of like these sort of linear narrative experiences but in terms of like personal preference i feel like you are like most utilizing games as a medium when there is a degree of like generation and randomness and uh when it's like clockwork instead of like a movie mm-hmm. like yeah. the last of us was a lot of fun but mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure the netflix show is going to be just exactly the same <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. i didn't realize there was going to be a netflix show all right so two quick questions before we get started first question is how many games do you own, more or less? Okay, um, on Steam, it looks like I have 269 games on Steam. And I think there are... Nice. We also have, like, a PlayStation, PS4, because I don't have that sort of money. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I feel like I own, like, mm-hmm. at least, like, a dozen games on it. Okay. And then the, the next question is, how far down your list do you have to go to get to under 100 hours played? Uh, on Steam, that would be number 22. That's the deepest into the list we have, we've had so far. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've wasted my whole yeah. life. I have to talk about video games. <laughs> I, I have just, just misused my brain. Nonsense. D- disagree. Yeah, absolutely. Jacques, do you want to, to start us off? Yeah, so as you know and are familiar... This is your top six, so let's start at number six. What is the number of hours played for your number six game sorted by uh, hours played? The number of hours played. Okay, uh, 322 yeah. hours. And what is that game? Uh, it is Final Fantasy VIII. Eight? Yeah, eight. Interesting. Why eight? Like, I know everybody loves a Final Fantasy and the number is always different, but why eight? Well, I, I mean, I like several Final Fantasies, obviously, um, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's like I was just like a certain age at a certain time or that it, you know, sort of like handles post-traumatic stress disorder a little differently than most of the other ones of its era. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, and this is on Steam, so this would be the, at least the second version of this I've owned. But I don't know. It's it's got mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people don't like the junction system, but when you really figure it out, you can get to a place where you're like walking into the final boss, immune to all magic, like every time. And you know, she's <laughs> like a sorceress, so magic is her thing. Uh, and like every single spell will just like heal you. So if you just set it up right, you can definitely, like, break it by the end of the game. And to do that, you have to play cards uh, because there's no way to, like, just grind through the battles in an effective way. It's much easier to beat people at a card game 
turn those cards into items and those items into spells and then become invincible by junctioning that correctly. Oh, interesting. All right. All right. So, uh, number five, what's your fifth amount of hours played? Uh, 364. Okay, pretty close. It would right. be... And which game is Star that? Star Wars Empire at War. Empire at War. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard of that one. Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I don't remember when it came out. I may have to look that up real quick. It's older, though. Yeah, it came out in 2006. And the reason why it has so many hours in it is actually that there is um, there is a mod for it that is... Uh, uh, there is a mod for it that's based on the Thrawn trilogy that I played a few games of, and oh. each game of it is like really long because the biggest map you can select is uh, every known planet in Star Wars. So it's got like 98 systems that you're fighting <laughs> over with like three different factions. Interesting. Uh, that mod is called like Thrawn's Revenge. I should mention. Uh, uh, and there's something like really like gratifying about the way the space combat works. Like you don't really, it's not like mechanically complex, but they did a really good job of making the ships like fly around each other in a way that feels right. <laughs> but it is, it is like mostly like setting up a plan and then just letting the whole RTS mechanics do their thing. Cause yeah, once, once like the ships are like shooting at each other, they're just gonna, it's just mostly. <laughs> You're just letting it play out. Is it a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing? Uh, I, you know, I don't even know. Uh, I feel like, I, don't know, I feel like fleet. I don't. First of all, I played like a right. modded version of it more than the actual game. So, but uh, you know, you end up worrying about like fleet composition and like so on, uh, utilizing vessels right like you want to use like your interceptors to uh attack their fighters and your bombers to attack yeah. their cruisers and stuff cool uh all right so that was number five let's look at five. number four what are we looking at for number of hours played uh number four uh is 482 hours okay. wow okay. nice jump, jump. and what See, game it's is another it? like it's another like modded thing so it's it's gonna the title of the game on Steam is uh Sid Meier Civilization Four mm. Beyond the Sword. But uh the reason why it's that one in particular is there is this like fantasy themed mod called Fall Further, which is apparently a sequel to another mod that was for, for that was for like Civ Three. And the thing that I actually, it's like, it's basic, like, fantasy stuff. There's a bunch of lore, but none of that matters. <laughs> uh, it's ba you know, I assume the modders, it's like a and d game or something. But mm -hmm. one of the things I found really compelling about it and really interesting in the context of, like, a civilization game is it gives you uh, occasionally these, like, hero characters. And... I tend to play as this faction that their thing is like they generate adventurers who are mm -hmm. like protagonists. So you'll have like these little named heroes who are like going around the map, like exploring ruins and finding equipment and stuff in addition to all of the civilization stuff. So I found that really compelling for some reason. And uh, it definitely like it sucks when they die <laughs> more. It's, it's almost like XCOM there, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that I'm going to yeah. have to look that up. I, I 
I personally always find myself drawn more towards sort of the the fantasy settings over the historical ones. So I might have to look that up. You said that was called Fall Further? Yeah. Um, and there may be a, another one. The autocomplete says there might be a, what is... This wiki calls it a mod of a mod, <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> meta modding. So yeah, kinda. a lot like MOBAs. <laughs> MOBAs came full circle. <laughs> that was. Uh, I do think it's interesting that so far everybody in, that we've had as a guest has had some civilization game in their top. Oh, six. another thing about the fantasy setting is it's really easy to like then divorce it from a lot of the problematic elements of how we define civilizations. So that's. Nice. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, when it's like elves and plant people and absolutely. demons, you're like, sure, whatever. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, number three on your list. How many uh, hours? 1,700. Wow. Okay. Big jump. Yeah, I know. You're at 1,000 hours and you're only at number three. That's pretty impressive. N- not just 1,000. 1,700. We're yeah. closer to two. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, good point. <laughs> All right, which game is it? Uh, it's Fallout 4. Wow, okay. Um, that's interesting. I have Fallout 4 in my top six, but I only have like 400 and something hours in it. So, Fallout 4 probably has like the second best modding scene of any of these like bethesda games so there's a lot of like stuff you can try out and the thing i find to be most satisfying is to play fallout 4 as if it were a city builder there is a (laughs) series of mods called sim settlements that has your settlers like build their own houses so you're like designating where houses will be built instead of doing it all by hand with a very incomplete list of parts and when you combine that with uh, something that gives them names, which there are several options, basically I end up just trying to be everyone's mayor, uh, <laughs> showing up to towns and being like, hey, mm-hmm. I could, uh, I guess I'm a community organizer in Fallout 4. Uh, that does bring in a lot of these like real-time elements, so when I'm playing it that way, I'll often like leave it running so that they'll be working on their construction or generating crops or whatever it doesn't help that like there is a pretty big wealth of like old radio plays that have been put into fallout 4 with the radio mods and uh there is also a mod that Mm -hmm. literally just lets you play old movies on tvs and (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i didn't know about that that's amazing. I think that one's called uh, Videos of the Wasteland. And uh, yeah, each of the like holotapes in game is only like eight minutes long. So you have to like put 15 of them in a stack to play a movie. But I honestly feel like that <laughs> vibes with the setting of Fallout and the way its technology works. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of people <laughs> think that's like, you know, kind of like a limitation. And I'm like, no, that feels like how it would work. Oh, that's fantastic. Like laser discs. <laughs> that's interesting. When I last when I played my last game of Fallout 4, I had 134 mods loaded in. And actually like the fact that I haven't even heard of the one where you can play movies is an, is a testament to just how broad that mod scene is. 
I have found the most gratifying wow. version of Fallout 4 I've ever played is uh, intensely difficult where like nearly every bullet can kill you and everyone else. Like I definitely, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like when you like, Bethesda does this thing where you'll, they'll like, the hard settings will make everyone into bullet sponges except you. I definitely prefer where it's like more like tactical and like harrowing than that where like mm -hmm. just every bullet is uh potentially fatal for everyone guns are dangerous and you know in <laughs> fallout you can um you you can still have like a lot of like tough stuff because there's literal like armored monsters and, and things so it's like this like really like kind of like almost grindy experience except you are building towns so you end up making like it ends up like inverting the gameplay loop like in the vanilla game they want you to go into the main quest to unlock stuff to build right but like with like this like kind of like intensely modded survival mode and the sim settlements you end up building towns so that you can do the main quests and uh hmm. sim settlements 2 also has its own main quest line now which i haven't finished but it feels so far it's on par with anything bethesda has given us in the last 15 years wow but you know most of that <laughs> yeah. <is> skyrim <laughs> cool right. so uh that was number three we we're already up to 1700 hours on that what is your hours played for your number two game this is almost embarrassing, honestly, how much time I've put in some of these. Uh, it is 2,056 hours. Okay. And uh, what game right. is it? Uh, it is Star Trek okay. Online. Yeah. Yay! I honestly haven't played it in, like, years. But, so, as far as I know, I, I haven't checked, but last I heard, like, the, like, premium currency exchange where you could just sort of, like, work for the premium stuff is maxed out where it's just it just costs as much of the stuff you can generate playing the game as mm -hmm. possible and they haven't quite done anything to fix that which is always a bad sign about the longevity mm -hmm. of an online game and it's like it is my fault by the way <laughs> <laughs> not me specifically but the, the group of people whose fault it is includes me because yeah, I had, like, six characters, and I would mostly, like, hop in the game and do the, like, little paperwork minigame where you're assigning mm -hmm. stuff to your crew, right? And then refine my dilithium, because you can only do, like, 8,000 per character. Uh, I think they did change that to per account, which is less broken, mm -hmm. but... So I have never spent a dollar on this game, <laughs> but... Yeah, I just ended up having to run in the background a lot. Well, the good news is that you're the third person to mention that game. I really should check out what they're doing with it, because, like, I assume they have more of a budget now that Star Trek's popular again. You'd think, but, yeah. I mean, that is pretty recent, like, the Star Trek getting yeah. popular again. I know they tapped yeah. the Star Trek Online artist to design ships huh. for Picard, uh -huh. and then they turned those yeah. ships into NFTs, but I bet that part looks bad. Yes. Now. Yes. Yeah. I bought a lifetime membership like seven years ago now. No, longer than that, because it was before I met Gene. So 12 years ago now? <laughs> I feel like the game came out in 2008 or 2010. 
Yeah, like I, I think it was like 2010 was when I bought my lifetime membership. So yeah, it's been a while. Um, and so uh, every so often I drop back in and realize that I have way more of the like real money currency exchange stuff because you get a certain amount for being a, a member. Oh yeah, I have thought about buying a lifetime membership and then... I don't know. I just didn't have two hundred. Yeah, but I would have gotten yeah. it back out of it's it. It's normally I mean. <laughs> six hundred bucks. It was on sale for three hundred. I went ahead and bought it because at the time I was flush. So, <laughs> all right. Oh, and one more thing about like Star Trek Online that I feel like is worth mentioning is that like most MMOs, you have like a main character that you play and a bunch of right other ones that you have mm -hmm. with your extra slots. In Star Trek Online, I did have, like, three main characters. Mm -hmm. Like, I found the Romulans extremely compelling, to the point where I was disappointed with Picard. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. the Romulan mythology was a little better, mm -hmm. honestly. So, you know, the at least all of the factions were pretty well, like, mm -hmm. yes. implemented. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I feel like in an MMO space, you've really got a lot more freedom to to dive into a lot of that depth versus you know any given show where it's like you've got your main protagonists and everything else is like we're gonna we're gonna kind of get a peek into this and that peek has to be flavored from the perspective of the main character etc and so there's and there's just so much in star trek one of the things i like about star trek online is unlike most other mmos it is it is committed to moving forward on the timeline right so like they regularly update the new character experience to bring it up to date, which I really like. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I really love the ship combat. <laughs> Everything else pretty much sucks. <laughs> yeah, the ship combat is really interesting, how it controls mm -hmm. and so on. It It is honestly pretty well-tuned. Like, there's a bunch of different ways to do space combat, mm -hmm. but in Star Trek, you are sort of on a plane that you can move up and down on as well. So they really... They did a good job of, like, tapping into the visuals they were given and, like, gamifying that or turning that into a system of mechanics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And almost every, almost every ship is so ponderous, right? It's almost Age of Sail level um, uh, response yeah. time. Uh, so. I mean, my, my Federation character was a tank with, like, a Guardian-class cruiser and an mm -hmm. engineering division. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. So, like, when I was doing, like, the events and stuff where you have, like, five players, my job was to just get in the middle mm -hmm. of it and, you know, stay alive as long as I could. But <laughs> the, when you're a level yep. 60 engineer, that's actually quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here we are. It, we just did number two, so now we're going to do number one. David, how many hours do you have on your highest amount of hours played? 4,395 Nice. Hours. That wow. is a that is right, a, are we gonna are we gonna try and guess? Um yeah. On this one? Jock, do you wanna you wanna guess first? So let's see. So we've got a lot of the like big narrative stuff. Got the the lean towards fantasy. I'm gonna guess it's and especially high on the modding thing, I'm gonna guess it's Skyrim. It is not Skyrim. I in fact don't own Skyrim <laughs> on Steam. Oh wow. Wait, you don't you don't own seven copies of Skyrim? Uh, no, I own two copies of Skyrim. Oh, and no. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, well, Jerry, what about you? What is your So I think I actually have inside knowledge about this. Ah, uh, okay. Because one of the reasons that I started listening to David's 
YouTube channel and dropping in on his streams and then like actually talking to him in real life is because he does around Morrowind and has some really, really interesting uh, pieces like views and pieces of information around like what Morrowind is and the the kind of evolution of that game and all of that. So I'm going to guess it's Morrowind. Yeah, I was going to say if it wasn't Skyrim, I was going to go with one of the other Elder Scrolls <laughs> games. But let, let's hear it. What is the top game? Yeah, it's not. It's it's not. Morrowind, oh, my God. OK, uh, because like, I don't know why uh, I only have like 400 hours in Morrowind. Huh. But like a lot of the stuff you do that like takes my time up in Morrowind, like making the mod sets I download work together and so on. That doesn't get counted. Oh, sure. I've actually never made a Morrowind mod, by the way, before this year. Like actually myself. All right. So what's number one? Number one is uh, Stellaris. Oh, okay. Sure. That, okay. That tracks. That tracks. <laughs> and like that number is a lot bigger than like I've actually played. Uh, I, okay, I once started a game of Stellaris on the longest timeline in the biggest possible galaxy mm-hmm. on the vanilla settings, and uh, just gave the gave the empire I picked to the AI and let it run to see how long it would take. And I feel like it took like two hundred hours huh. to to hit to hit you know the year <laughs> three thousand. I'd never tried that before. I should try that. It does. Okay, you know how in Civilization, like it will. Uh, the turns at the very beginning are like 50 years, and then by the end, it's like telling you what month it is. Stellaris mm-hmm. does that through inefficiency because the game gets slower <laughs> the more that's going on. So when you get to the end game, it can take you like four seconds to get through a day sometimes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Stellaris was also my number one, but by like. 3,000 hours less. <laughs> so. Also, they do have like a DLC cycle where they. Mm-hmm mess with the mechanics just enough that I have almost never finished a game of Stellaris. Like, I had one, like, that was going pretty well, and then they changed the way Unity works Mm -hmm. in a way that wrecked my economy. So I had to choose either to roll back or to start over. So, yeah, it's just like, it's difficult when it's like a living game Mm -hmm. like that. It is definitely definitely not what it was in the beginning. And you can feel however you want about that, but, you know, it's, it's honestly mm, like a value-neutral yeah, statement. When didn't they just release a new... I feel like they just released uh, something that they called Stellaris 2, but was actually the basically just rework of the game, or is that something else? Am I thinking of something else? I think you might be thinking of something else. Oh, okay. I know Stellaris did, in fact, roll out a new kind of... I mean, they do this every time they release a DLC, but they rolled out a new kind of base version of the game where re- they reworked everything again. Mm, got it. And they instituted an enemies, uh, like a nemesis solution. So the, the new thing is Stellaris Nemesis. So like the mm. I- individuals that you it's piss off will come back. Actually, Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. N- nemesis was the one that they did before, but I think what you're saying with like uh, the nemesis system, mm-hmm. they do something like that in the new one. I haven't checked it out and I haven't bought it yet, so... Yeah, I haven't played Stellaris in a couple of years now, so... I haven't played it in a few months. The, uh... It is... It is May, uh, and that is, honestly... Uh, May 1st was actually the, uh... 20th anniversary of Morrowind. Oh. 
So, and May generally, I tend to get sucked back into Morrowind because that is when the the modding community for Morrowind, those, I don't know, wizards, <laughs> uh, they have an annual, I think it is the 8th annual uh, modathon. So something like three, two to 300 mods will come out in May. I have been putting together a list of the ones I want to try, and it's already like... 70 different ones. Wow. One of them is, uh, well, one of them is Stripes the Cat, which if you haven't heard of, that kind of, I guess, turned out to be a big deal and is definitely going to win from what I understand, at least in terms of like downloads and endorsements. So wh- what is Stripes the Cat then? Why, why is this the, the top mod that is going to win? I, hmm, how do I even... <laughs> let me see here. For those of us that are not in heavily into the Morrowind modding scene. Is it one of those in in jokes gone metastatic? Not exactly. Like I don't know if anyone saw it coming. Okay, so Stripes the Cat is made by this modder named Stripes, also named Stripes. And uh it was the description is the it reads here, uh Stripes says, I made this for my kids when they were little. They like to play but were terrified of the mud crabs, so I made them a companion protector based off the family cat. <laughs> and then then it goes on to tell that cat's story. But you know, it's just very wholesome and also apparently, yeah, that it is just like a little overpowered. <laughs> All right. In the Elder Scrolls, some cats are wizards, so you know that's not hmm. actually that. Right. So, so it's just a, a a mod that gives you a companion that is a stripey cat. Uh, yeah, it adds a cat in the world that you can go and meet. That's so, like Barabbas. Let's see here. There have been two hundred and eighteen entries in the modathon wow. so far. Uh, the person who started all of this goes by Dark Elf Guy. They have a YouTube channel where they have tutorials and they talk about certain mods and there's there's a bunch of other people involved there's uh, a streamer who i believe i believe it said danae i'm not sure who is you know uh i think one of the judges i'm actually not totally sure on the structure they're using because i am terrible mm-hmm. at integrating into large groups <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's another reason why i've played fallout so much you don't ever integrate <laughs> into large groups, but you're the mayor, so they have to let you be there. Well, David, thank you so much for sharing your list with us. Is there anything that you'd like to 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 promote? Anything that you'd like to talk about? Anything you want to pitch or do a sales thing for? Um, I have been trying to put together some more like videos for my YouTube, because I haven't actually streamed on YouTube in a while. I do also have a Twitch, but I haven't used it in a while either, because yes, I it's know. been it's been a it's been a crazy year. It's been a sure. hectic yeah. year. My ceiling collapsed in January. Oh no! And then a bunch of other things that uh, I'm sure you all are aware of. But yeah, no, we had to like replace our mattress and all sorts of stuff. I just got into a new doctor, so I'm like. There's changes in my medications, too, so that's been destabilizing. So I haven't really been up to as much as I need to have been, and I am trying to also do something with... I have a Patreon that is woefully out of date. I really do need to, like, update and start using because 
I definitely don't want to yeah. work in another store. And then um, are you still there. taking uh, editing commissions, or is that closed? Yeah, I do, I do audio editing work. What is, what is everything I do? I do so many things, and I'm like, I am definitely like a jack of all trades and a master of none. The thing I am most skilled at, actually, though, is audio mastering, because I have been doing things like that for my entire life. I think I, I worked on music when I was a teenager, and then, and then I produced several podcasts, and I did a lot of that work, you know. I can also do, you know, a fair amount of, like, video editing and video production. I have, hmm, like, 10 years of experience with genre fiction editing. Where can, where can us and our listeners find you if we wanted to check out your YouTube or Patreon or hire you for editing? The easiest way to find me, the website I use the most is Twitter, so... I am Red Conversation on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much, David, for joining us. I really appreciate it. I'm Jerry. I'm Jacques. I've been David. Uh, thanks for listening. Catch us on Twitter at Like Bureau and... At JP Marcotte. Follow the show at yourtop6.games. Email us at heyyou at yourtop6.games. Want to be a guest? Shoot us an email at guestable, G-U-E-S-T-A-B-L-E, at yourtop6.games. Thanks to Justin Ferris for our theme music. Thanks to David Reeves for our editing and producing. Thanks to Craig.chat for our recording abilities. To listen to previous episodes, go to yourtop6.games. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. There we go. And We're that's done. us. Yes. Awesome. Someone hit this. Let me hit stop. <laughs>